Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 175, Psychological Tricks for Sticking to a Budget. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Mm, Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about budgeting. And I said psychological tricks, but they're really just psychology so you can understand why you have trouble sticking to a budget and you can make changes that serve you better sticking to one. Yeah, we really like to talk about how we are whole people and all of the aspects of our personhood that go into some of these decisions. They're not isolated. What we do with money is connected to other parts of our being. And it's good to take a look at that and see, is this part of why I am overspending or not getting at the actual goals I say that I have? Yes. Yeah. So no tricks here, just treats for (laughs) helping you to budget. Amazing. But first, our sponsors. This episode's also brought to you by House Plants. Brain stuff is heavy and complex, so if you feel tired after listening to this episode, go water your houseplants. Houseplants are really cool when you can keep them alive, and they tend to live longer if you water them. Sometimes they need more soil, and I don't know where the soil goes, especially if there's no holes in the planter, but whatever. Houseplants. Shout out to all the ladies who were plant moms before 2020. I'm looking at you, Jillian. Thank you. Thanks thanks for validating me and my love for plants. It's not just trendy. It is trendy, but it's not just trendy. It's a way of life for you. Have you had more success keeping your house plants alive? Only the ones inside my house. The ones outside my house that I don't see all the time are for sure all dead. It's interesting that you say that about the soil piece. I've noticed that too. And I think it's, well, plants need soil. They take nutrients out of it. So yeah, sometimes you need to add soil to it. It's a lesser talked about thing with house yeah, plants. Usually yeah. people are just like, it's either too much water or not enough water. And sometimes you need to put your plants in a new pot because they're growing out of the pot that they're in. Sometimes they need more nutrients in their soil. So <laughs> anyhow, there's your plant lesson note. for the day. <laughs> My plant Let's lesson. talk about psychology. Yes. So we have a few kind of bigger Named articles today. Sometimes we try and get 
the really good, juicy, like, smaller blogs that can say whatever they want. But today we're sticking with a Forbes and a Vox.com. So this first one is from Forbes, and it's, uh, it's short, but it's good. It is Cognitive Science Tips for Sticking to Your Budget. What do you think of this one, Jill? It's great. Like you said, it's short and sweet. And to give a little background too on why Jen and I like to look at this topic, because I'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you've heard some of these themes come out of emotion, the yeah cognitive pieces behind the decisions that we make. And again, we are whole people, but also my background is in mental health. So this is definitely something that I'm going about. This is the beautiful blend of our friendship, I think, of talking about finances and how that intersects with our mental, emotional, relational, spiritual health as well. So that's just a brief background on why are they talking about psychology? <laughs> but again, because it matters. That's why our brains are the ones that spend. We don't go into things just like Nope. Nobody makes us spend money on most things. Like we decide to spend money. And sometimes we spend money and we regret it. We spend money on things we don't want. And we're like, why did I do that? Yes. Why can't I stick to a budget? I made the budget. Yeah. Um, and these are the reasons why. Yeah. This is what we're looking at. I appreciate that the article started out by talking about some of the overspending that we've been seeing through the pandemic. So it's even relevant. I mean, it's always relevant of we as humans can struggle with overspending. But particularly through the pandemic, I think there was a lot of what they term some comfort spending, which we turn to. We turn to any level of coping mechanism. And for some of us, it can bring just that feel good thing to buy something that I want, to have some instant gratification, something new, something cool. And so recognizing that and kind of where that comes from is part of this, part of like the cognitive science behind why we spend. And so we'll just go through all of the things that they list might be leading to overspending or not sticking to budgets or not sticking to our goals, because I think all of them are useful. Yeah. And I like that it refers to it as cognitive science research, because we don't always, I mean, we don't think of our spending and our budgeting in terms of cognitive science. So I love, and I'm like a geek for stuff like this too. So I love that the first one was recognizing and combating decision fatigue. So decision fatigue refers to how carefully analyzing all the various pros and cons takes effort. We make thousands of little micro decisions a day. And every decision you make wears you down little by little after you make choice after choice. And by the end of the day, our willpower reserves have dried up, and that is decision fatigue. And so that's why a lot of times you can find yourself very successful in sticking to a diet or sticking to a budget or something for the first you know, two-thirds of the day, but it's that last third, typically when we get to dinner time, where it becomes really hard and all of our progress goes out the window. That is in part due to 
decision fatigue. And that's why we say you have to set yourself up for success after work. That's the most important part. That's where the meal planning, the meal prep, and all of that comes into place. Mm -hmm. I think the same can be said throughout a week too. By the time we reach Friday, we can be exhausted and everything can go out the window on the weekend. So you name it. We had and another way to term this would be capacity. We do not have unlimited emotional, relational, mental capacity. And at some point, we're going to reach our capacity. There's landmines all over that. Sometimes we do well to discover that before we hit one of those landmines. And sometimes we don't. And it leads to overspending. But recognizing Mm -hmm. we're not unlimited and how to put in some of these helps along the way for us so that we can be operating within our capacity. That's going to be one of the things that's going to help us towards those those financial goals is recognizing decision fatigue and knowing then how to handle it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big reason why you see like, you know, the tech billionaires, like the Steve Jobs and, and those people like wear the same thing every day is because they've been taught this decision fatigue by whoever their mentors are. And they just take different decisions off the table. I put out a week of clothes for my son on Sunday. So in the mornings, I never have to wonder what he's going to wear. It's already like stacked there by his bed. And so what are, it's not just meal planning, but like look at your life and figure out what are the things throughout the day you can do, especially after work, that can take decisions off of your plate. No decision is too small to be taken off your plate because we're looking all the way down at micro decisions. And so the fewer decisions we have to make, obviously the bigger ones take more effort, cause more fatigue, but we're even looking at taking some of those micro decisions off of our plates too. So that's a big thing to be aware of in your life and look at what are the things I can plan ahead for on Saturday or Sunday take those things off of my plate? Or what are things I can be doing Wednesday, Thursday to take decisions off my plate Saturday, Sunday, if that is where you struggle more with with your overspending? I've noticed I do so much better eating at home if I just have a written list of the food that I can eat for lunch and dinner. It doesn't even have to be a full on Mm -hmm. Monday, I'm making this, but to even have it written down of you have these options available to you between your fridge and your freezer and just seeing it takes out Mm -hmm. some of that decision fatigue and where I might then just go and say, let's just order out. Well, no, you have stuff. Here's what it is. Like Mm -hmm. those simple things are helpful. That's so great. And that's great for people who like, quote unquote, hate planning or hate a rigid meal plan. If you just make a list, these are the things that I can make and just pick one. Yeah. Exactly. The next one on this list is to not be tempted with introductory offers. So the cognitive science part of this would be the things that are appealing to us that look good and shiny. And marketers know this of how can we rope people in to overspending. They're primarily talking about credit card companies and how they will often offer this really low or 0% APY financing only to get you with very high APRs in the future. Mm -hmm. And 
that might not be the case maybe for all of our listeners. Maybe it's something else, but I feel like this could be applied across the board. It's not just credit cards trying to rope you in. I mean, this is where we could think subscriptions. Oh, XYZ is free for the first seven days, but then they all they get you to input your credit card information. So then they're automatically charging you after that. And we forget <laughs> to go back mm-hmm. in and cancel. So just being aware of the fine print in any situation. Of course, our eyes can glaze over with fine print, but that shouldn't be a reason that we find ourselves overspending. We really need to have a better handle on what is this really offering? What's the catch? Will Is this actually useful and valuable to me? Will I actually take advantage of this or am I falling for a marketing tactic right now? Yeah, what this one made me think of were loss leaders. So companies, yeah, offering you the free seven-day trial or offering you the free ice cream if you come into the store, the $5 chicken at Costco. And so these are things that will get you into a store or onto a mailing list that don't even make the company money. But when you take an action with a company, you're warming up to that company. So it becomes easier for you to walk through the doors again or to open another email. And so the more you do those micro actions, those micro interactions with a company, the more comfortable you become and the more likely you become to spend money with them. And so while free stuff is great, we highly, highly recommend free trials and getting what you can from companies. Don't be temp like, don't take those for granted. Those are marketing tactics. And so they also bank on the concept of reciprocity. So if I do something for you, you're more likely to do something for me. And so know that that's a marketing tactic. You're not obligated to do something for any company, no matter what they've given you. It is their choice to do that. And so with these introductory offers, marketing tactics, just be aware of what the tactic is so you can be more empowered to overcome it. So the last one on here, like we said, real short, Um, but real, I mean, packs a punch, is to avoid envy-inducing social media channels. So that's your friends on Facebook, your Instagram influencers that you love to follow. Social media can be such a great place. It has brought such relationships together as my husband and I, as Jill and I, but it can also be a really dangerous place and cause a lot of envy and just like wishing not people are not even being malicious when they're doing these things they're just very excited for themselves and you're over here like i'm trying to reach a goal and that's out of my budget but i want that jacket so bad <laughs> but look at how fun that vacation looks yeah i'll even add to this Social media has just become a big old ad. Most of what you're seeing is ads. If not like blatant ads where you know this is just a sponsored post, but even a lot of those people, sometimes your friends are selling something, whether they themselves are selling something or they have partnered with a company selling something, whether some of those people that you're following on Instagram that you think are like living a really cool RV lifestyle, they're trying to sell you something. They've partnered with somebody, check it out in their hashtags. Like 
as fun as those pictures are to look at, I would venture to say only about 5% of people are you actually just keeping up with what's happening in their lives and they're not actually an ad for you. And even then, if they're posting just about their lives, chances are they're posting the best part of their lives that could be envy inducing. So no matter what you do, that scroll is just trying to get your money. So beware. Yeah, that is, it is dangerous. And I have definitely purchased things that I've seen on Instagram and TikTok. Oh, I'm I'm not beyond it. And we're absolutely not against marketing or the cool things. I mean, TikTok taught me pesto eggs and, you know, like <laughs> praises because that's delicious. Um, but what are pesto eggs. Oh, it's uh you use instead of oil, you use pesto to and and you put the pesto in the pan and then break the egg on the pesto. Yeah. And then you put it over some sourdough. Sometimes people have put like avocado or ricotta. So it's it's delicious. And uh, you just have to make sure it's in your budget. Like, that's what we're talking about. Spend with your values. Spend on what you want to spend on. Just make sure it's what you really want to spend and not what uh, you feel like you should spend or you feel like you want to spend. Don't trust your feelings. Trust your values. Do the scroll. Just make sure it's mindful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And basically, I think in summary with this article, they're saying they're advocating for us understanding our own thoughts and feelings behind what might be leading us to overspend or not stick to our quote unquote budget. It could be a variety of things. It could be that our budget isn't realistic or we do have a tendency to buy when we're sad, you name it, but we're not going to actually be able to change our behaviors if we're not looking at the thoughts and feelings leading to that. So a little bit of mental health counseling background for you, Many of you will be familiar with this concept. It's a cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT for short concept that our thoughts lead to feelings, lead to behaviors, this cycle. Thought, first we have the thought, which then gives us some sort of feeling or emotion inside of us, which then leads to the behavior. And a lot of times we will try to hit something at the behavior level and it totally misses the mark. We have to understand what comes before it if we're going to want to change the behavior. So taking some steps backward and saying, well, what was the thought that I had here? Even drawing it out. I will have folks in my counseling sessions actually draw it out. What thought did you have? Then what feeling did that produce? Then what was the behavior? And if you want to seek to change the behavior, you're going to have to interrupt it Hopefully at the thought level, it can be interrupted at the feeling level too, but ideally we get to the point where we can snatch it at the thought level, adjust the thought around it, which then will change the feeling and it will change the behavior into something more advantageous and beneficial for us. Mm, I hope, I hope you got that. If you didn't catch all that, then, you know, go back 15 seconds because that was gold. Thank you. Thank you. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, 
you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, so let's move on to our next article from Vox.com, and it's five sneaky mental tricks to spend less while shopping. And I liked every single one of these and all of the little uh, graphics that go with them. Vox just really does it. So, Jill, what did you think of this one? Yeah, it was a visually pleasing article. And they use the term behavioral economics. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who want just more research and more on these kinds of topics, these are the types of things you can be searching for. What what does behavioral economics have to do with this? What does cognitive science have Mm -hmm. to do with this? Those are some good keyword searches. Richard Thaler is a really good author, a behavioral economics expert. And so anything by him, it will be good. Yeah. And so they start this article out by saying that behavioral economics can teach us a lot about why we tend to neglect our budgets or overspend. One theory that can stick out from behavioral economics is the present bias, meaning we will often value the present gratification over the long term. They reference Mm -hmm. the, the marshmallow research to test. That's the word. Thank you. Which I don't know if you've seen it, Jen. I think Mm -hmm. there's that magician magic for humans. I use that one all the time. It's so good. I mean, first of all, it's just such a fun show. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Magic for humans. And he does this test with like toddlers and young kids, which is just so funny of offering them a marshmallow now or two marshmallows later. And some of them, you can see it's so cute. They like hold out and then others are like, I want this thing now. And like they eat it, but then they try and hide the fact that they ate it. But we're no different from those toddlers and children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That we, even though we can rationally say it's going to be more advantageous to me and my future self, 
if I let this thing grow and, and have greater benefit in the future, but I want my marshmallow right now. I want this good thing right now because we do, we favor our present selves over our future selves. Mm. I'm not my future self right now. I'm my present self right now. And I want to treat myself. And so just even recognizing that can help interrupt some of those patterns. That show is so great. He uses a lot of these psychological techniques. That is magic. You have to know people and human behavior in order to trick them. Yeah. (laughs) So another one of my favorites of his is that he's talking to people and he's like, I can guess which actor you're thinking of. And so he has, he says this and like, nah. And he has a conversation with them and then asks them to think of an actor and he shows them what he's written down before he even started the conversation. And without fail, all of them say Tom Hanks. And he wrote down Tom Hanks. And the reason he was able to get them to all say Tom Hanks is because throughout the conversation, he was just dropping particular words or concepts or ideas from different Tom Hanks movies. So like castaway, Toy Story, all of these things to make them think of Tom Hanks movies. Um, And so it was so crazy because that's also a marketing technique. So luxury marketers will use in their marketing uh, more luxury-focused words, verbiage, to make you feel like you deserve luxury. Like that's what you are accustomed to and can afford, whether it is true or not. So that's also, yeah, marketers use that all over the place. We've got to combat these magic tricks with our own magic tricks. I know you said Mm -hmm. it's not about tricks, but it might be. It might be, yeah. Tricks are for kids and maybe for adults. Yeah. So let's dive into some of these tricks. The first one is to never go shopping without a list. And this might seem so old-fashioned, but it is so effective. And it's not like a cash envelope system that's, like, very inconvenient. Shopping with a list is very convenient. Um, It's, you know, not the most convenient, but it is still convenient. And it just helps you so much to avoid impulse buys. Not only does it help impulse buys, it helps me when I'm at the store not forget something and have to come back to the Mm -hmm. store. So as I run out of something, I just have a running list on my phone. And actually, Eric and I are taking it to the next level where I'm making a checklist, like a Google Sheets checklist or a Google checklist, I guess is what it is. And then I share it with him. So if we're at the store together and we really want to be efficient with our time, we both have access to the checklist and we're able to check it off. So we're able to keep up with each other knowing, oh, he already got this. I don't need to text him or call him and let him know. I I already got the toilet paper headed to the frozen food. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. We- wow. <laughs> My thought we're is just that really that trying would... to hack our whole lives, but it do, it helps. Yeah, to be when you're shopping, it helps to not forget things, and then it helps keep you from buying things you don't need. Yeah, that would be effective. Like when Travis will go to the grocery store just for randomly for something, he's like, "You need anything from the grocery store?" I'm like, "I don't know." Yes, you can share a list, and then you know exactly what you need at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. The next one on this list is to double check that you are in fact getting the best value. So this could mean you are at the store, you see something that is already on your list 
And you want to know, the first thing could be, well, I'm just going to go get this. But we would strongly encourage you to do a quick search on your phone. Thank goodness for smartphones. And make sure that mm-hmm. you, that, that is the best deal that you can purchase it for. Or even if it's possible that you could get that thing used. So just make sure, even even if it's on your list, you know I've, I need this. This has been something I've had my eyes on for a while. Make sure that the store that you're at is going to give you the best deal. Yeah. I like that they mention bulk shopping. People tend to overspend in warehouse stores. And bulk shopping is not the enemy. You just have to make sure, A, you're not buying bulk for the sake of buying bulk because it typically is a better deal. But you have to make sure it's only on things that you really need or will benefit from buying in bulk. And then also actually do check the price per unit because if it's just a few cents, it may not be worth buying in bulk, especially if it's something that's perishable. So this is is really something to consider if you are a bulk shopper or prefer bulk buying. Yes. I noticed I recently did that. The bulk price on just some window cleaner was so much better. I would say it was like 30% less expensive than if I were to have bought like two bottles of window cleaner. And it was actually preferred for me because I have my own spray bottle. So now this could just act like a refill for the entire house rather than needing to get individual bottles from the store and keep them in the different rooms, bathrooms, kitchen, laundry room throughout Mm -hmm. the house, just refill it with that. And it's also reducing waste because now I have one container rather than three containers that I've bought. So yeah, sometimes it is just, even when you're at the store, even if it doesn't mean I've got to go to a different store, are you getting the best value? But like Mm -hmm. you said, are you using it too? We don't just want to become hoarders because it's a better price. Absolutely. So the third on this list is to don't shop when you're feeling emotional. So this is so huge. I'm going to just read this first um, line right here. More than seven in 10 people consider their finances a source of stress, according to a Capital One survey of more than 2,000 respondents in the U.S. If you're among them, be especially conscious when you're spending since your emotions may further cloud your judgment. Isn't this such a vicious cycle? Money makes us stress. Stress makes us shop. Shopping uh, reduces our our liquid cash, and then it's and then all over again. And then it's stressful, yeah, yeah. It is a vicious cycle. So yeah, I think one way you can combat this is to again be prepared, so you don't have to make as many decisions when you are stressed because that inc- increases decision fatigue exponentially. So. Make a list of things, self-care things you can do when you're feeling different types of emotions. So not just negative emotions, but positive emotions too. Sometimes we can shop to celebrate, but what are the things that you're going to do when you're feeling sad? What are the things you're going to do when you're feeling mad? What are the things you're going to do when you're feeling like really joyful or happy? And so you have things to do other than shop to celebrate or deal with these emotions. And they don't have to be like, you know, schedule a a call with your therapist. They don't have to Mm -hmm. even be effective. Mm -hmm. Um, But just something you can do real quick, instant gratification-like, so that you're not running to the store to, you know, 
blow off steam or whatever with an emotion. And already having a list for when you're in the moment, again, helps remove some of those barriers of decision Mm -hmm. fatigue or being able to problem solve that in the moment when you are excited or you are sad. So just having a list, even though it's very simple, it's like, I know these things already, just having them in front of you, something you can look at, okay, what, what thing on this list can I do? You're more likely to do it if the barrier to that entry is taken away. Yeah. And it it can eliminate some guilt too, mm-hmm. I think, because we want to be we want to be efficient and we want to be like healthier in all these areas. But when you're trying to change a habit, and this is, uh, you know, not a habit, but this is similar. When you're trying to change a habit, you need to replace it with something that's equal in kind of level, so to speak. And so if you are turning to shopping when you have an emotion, you need to think of something that's on the same level as that. Not necessarily like when I, you know, I'm celebrating a raise, I'm going to give $1,000 to charity. That's a different level, you know? You need to think of something small that's on the same level as shopping that you can replace shopping with. So we're not trying to make like, you know, become leaps and bounds better people just a little something that's on the same level as shopping to replace that emotional outlet with. And I appreciate the spectrum that you described here because I'll be honest to to hear this line when I when I first read this article. There's part of me that yeah wants wants a little bit of pushback on this. You know, don't shop when you feel emotional. Almost we can use this word emotional in a very negative way. It often is associated negatively, like you're just being emotional. You know, it's a way to kind of discount people. And so I like that you described, Jen, the spectrum, either when we're happy or sad. And we know that there's other more complicated emotions than those two, but that's, you know, a little bit of the spectrum. I would maybe offer an alternative vernacular to this of maybe feeling emotionally vulnerable. So in a position where you know, I, because of X, Y, Z, again, whether happy or sad or somewhere in the middle, I am more vulnerable to making some of these decisions that might derail some of my goals or things that are actually going to benefit me. Knowing our vulnerabilities will help us to be able to protect them. There's nothing wrong with vulnerability. Vulnerability is beautiful. It's part of the human condition. But knowing and recognizing our vulnerability and being able to care for ourselves in the midst of it, move towards protection of vulnerability. I know I've said this soundbite before, but I'll say it again because I think it's uh, relevant here. Vulnerability without protection leads to exploitation. I'll say it again because I do think that this is something even worth like writing down. Vulnerability without protection leads to exploitation, meaning that if we don't move to protect these areas of vulnerability inside of ourselves, they will be exploited in us. An example of that would be, I was sad, there was no protection for me, I went to the coping mechanism that most made sense, and I spent my entire grocery budget for the month, right? That would be an exploitation. There's other areas that we can talk about related to that, and of course, there's so many deeper implications 
implications. But as far as talking about our budgets, this still remains true. And again, it's not about removing our vulnerability. It's about moving to protect it. Mm -hmm. So like you said, Jen, creating that list of go-to things that we can do, happy or sad, that are going to be beneficial for us, that are not going to derail us from our hopes, goals, and dreams when we're in those emotionally vulnerable states. Absolutely. So, so much wisdom right there. And that's exactly where my head went when you started. I was like, yes, the vulnerability without protection leads to exploitation. And it is so relevant here. All right. So number four is to sleep on it before purchasing large items. And so this is just a good rule of thumb. I remember a few months ago, by the time this comes out, I was uh, for something for my business, got a really big price tag for something. And it was very stressful because I thought I needed it. I thought that it was the only way forward for me, but it seemed very out of my budget. And so I had to sleep on it after I cried quite a bit about it. And then I slept on it. And then I was I slept off that decision fatigue because I'm sure a lot, and I was exhausted when I went to sleep because I had all of these micro decisions running through my head about this purchase that I thought I should make. And when it's for your business, you can kind of justify it a little bit more than when it's for yourself. But yeah, I think it might be the same for kids. So I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I was much more level-headed about it and ended up thinking of or reaching out to find alternatives uh, that were more affordable for me and went with one of those. But I didn't, that reaching out to find alternatives wasn't even on my mind when I was so stressed. So for sure, sleeping, sleep is sacred. I love sleep. Do it. Sometimes sleep is the best thing we can do for ourselves. Yeah. And I won't get too into the weeds on this, but when we are able to enter into that REM cycle, the rapid eye movement, it's like the specific and deepest point of sleep in our sleep cycle that, that we have. And it is necessary for actual rest of our bodies and like rejuvenation of things. When we're able to get into that REM cycle, it does help. The, the reason that we can wake up and think more clearly is for what can happen in our brain's as we sleep. Again, I'm not going to get too into the weeds or the science behind it. Just know that sleep is helpful for our thought patterns, our memory formation. It Sleep allows us, specifically when we're in that REM cycle, to be able to put things in correct files in our brain. So yes, uh, for many, many reasons, it's good to be able to sleep on it and wake up refreshed and rejuvenated. We're not going to make the best decisions when we're sleep deprived, but especially if we're feeling really uncertain about something, usually there's nothing so urgent that we can't put a night of rest in between us and our final decision. Mm, Absolutely. And the final one on this is number five, to say no to sales 
unless the item is already on your list. So we Uh, already did allude to this, but you are not saving money if you're spending money. It doesn't matter how inexpensive that item is, how on sale it is compared to what it typically goes for. If you don't need it, if it's not on your list, if it's not something you've had opportunity to sleep on, say no to it. No red, yellow sticker is alluring enough to get you away from your savings and spending goals. So absolutely. Looking at something you, you're looking Aldi for. Isle of Shame <laughs> yes. shoppers. The Aldi finds. It's so dangerous. In the, looking in the mirror. Again, if it's something you needed, of, I already needed a beach chair. Thank you, Aldi finds, for mm-hmm. giving me one that far less expensive than I thought that I would ever get it. Fantastic. But no thank you, Cheez-Its Explosions. That was never on my <laughs> list. Jesus, explosions. They shouldn't be on anybody's list. It does sound good, though, but I already have cheddar goldfish at home. Oh, snacks. Yeah, I mean, the like marketers, again, will use uh, this tactic. They will use percentages off versus amount of money off because percentages can be higher than amount of money. And studies have shown that if something is you know, 20% off versus $20 off, even if $20 is a higher percentage, people tend to go with the 20% off if things are similar because we're just accustomed to, or or even 30% off, 30% off is less than $20 off. People will still go for the percentage one because it's a bigger number. And so the uh, store makes more money because they're giving you less than $20 off. You think you're getting a better deal because you see that 30 number. But yeah, it's just not true. If you didn't need the item, if it's not on your list, you are not saving money. And I'm so sorry. There are some people out there that just love to find a deal. Like that is their like their core values. They love to be on the hunt. But you can figure out, you don't have to give up that value. Just think of another way to live it out. It doesn't have to be in purchasing things, at least for yourself. There are tons of things you can hunt for. Uh, So (laughs) get creative. Just not people. Don't hunt for people. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) You You know what's a better idea to do with your time? Oh, yeah. That you can really channel your energy into whoever you are. The bill bill of the the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. This is Laura from New York. My Bill of the Week is my Target credit card bill. I finally paid it off. I got it in 2013 and have always held the balance on it, sometimes even close to maxing it out. And since we bought our house last summer, I've held a pretty high balance on it. And my goal was to pay that off first. 
So I have paid it off and closed the account and opened a a Target debit card because I still need that 5% discount. So super excited to finally get that one paid off and stop impulse shopping at Target all the time. Thank you so much for the podcast. You guys are awesome. Yes, Laura. We do not listen to these before we play them. I Just for the millionth time. But it's so perfect. How this one is so perfect. congruent and relevant to what we're talking about. Not yes. only the decision that you made for yourself to pay it off and not have that lingering over you, but to set up barriers to experiencing this again in the future where you have debt on a Target credit card. To connect it to the debit card, which is a specific tip and trick for Target, you can still get that 5% discount with a Target debit card. It does not have to be their credit card. Mm-hmm. So well done putting now a barrier in between you and where you know your vulnerabilities are. Protecting that vulnerability, Laura, well done. We're celebrating with you. Yes. If you want to submit your bill of the week, please visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill to leave us a bill. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. And now it's time for the lightning Lightning round. round. So today we are talking psychology tricks we personally use to keep from overspending that kind of share some of our triggers and how we get creative in overcoming them. So Jill, you have a list. I got a list. I, I have got a sentence and you have a list. And tricks, baby girl. Please start, start. Give them to <laughs> me, please. 
Well, for those of you who have listened for a while, you know that spending isn't necessarily my area of difficulty. Uh, it's, I am between Eric and I, I am more the saver. However, that's not to say that I am immune to impulse buys. So here we go. I do not scroll shopping sites for entertainment. So you're not going to find me on Amazon or cute bathing suit websites or even Facebook Marketplace. Like I do not go on a Facebook Marketplace just for like a fun scroll to see what people are selling in the area. I go on if I'm looking for something specific, which I didn't realize was a tip until like I just started talking to other people and realizing, oh, a lot of people will just like, I'm bored or I'm procrastinating. Let me look on my favorite site and see like what kind of deals they got going on. So I just don't do that. I avoid it. I also just like avoid going to the store. So if that tip can help you, great. Find something else to look up online. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't be on the internet, but maybe research something that you're curious about. I've gotten real curious about honeybees. So much interesting information there. So if you want to get started somewhere, just, you know, learn more about honeybees. (laughs) Also, my next tip, shop the perimeter of the grocery store. I stay out of the middle. The middle is where typically most of the unnecessary items are. Shopping the perimeter gets me my fruit, veggies, bread, dairy products. And that's that's about all I need to live off of. Meat. Yeah, right? That's those are the basics. Those are the the nutritional pieces that I need. But not your wavy lays. However, you will catch me getting some chips and getting some frozen pizza. Okay. I am still human. (laughs) You might find me down those aisles, but in general, I'm just in the perimeter. That helps. Also, I do a review of my cart. I'm talking about physical shopping at this point. If I am physically shopping and I physically have a cart, I do a review of it before checkout of, okay, is there anything in here that it just kind of like looked cool, but now at second glance, like I don't actually need this thing. And so this, this blends into my next tip, which is a self check. I do a, do I need it? Can I make it? Can I find it less expensive? Those are some of my go-to decision tree questions that I ask myself. And a lot of times that can help me weed out. Also, I have found patience. (laughs) Patience is a virtue. We know that. (laughs) But if I can be patient on something, usually that does allow me to have like get the deal, but also just to be looking around at all the different places for that thing. And because I've had a list as I'm out and about, I'm able to keep checking. Like when I say I have a list, I have a grocery list. And then I also have a, here's what's on my radar to purchase for the home list. It does not mean I need it right now. It does not mean the next time I go to the store, I'm getting that thing. It's just a helpful reminder reminder when I am at the store, oh, do I happen to come across this thing? Is it a good deal? Is the price point that I was hoping to pay for it? Just as an example, we've known the type of dishwasher that we want to get for our kitchen. It's been on our radar, but we know we don't want to pay full price for it. So we've just been keeping an eye on, on it. Anytime we're at Lowe's or Home Depot, or sometimes, you know, we'll check out the dented appliances. Anyhow, long story short, we've just been patient <laughs> and I 
I caught it in the clearance aisle way in the back back of Lowe's for like 60% off. And we were able to snag it. That was a steal for you. Yeah. But it's because we've been in our house for a full year and we're just waiting on the dishwasher we want. In the meantime, I've been the dishwasher. (laughs) Got really good forearm strength because of it. And finally, here's my final trick and tip is if I feel stressed, like I've learned to assess and evaluate and know what some of the signals inside my body mean, this might sound dramatic, but sometimes I can feel stressed, a little sweaty, a little uneasy inside myself when I'm about to make a purchase. I have learned, don't ignore that. Don't just push through it. It's usually a sign I'm not at peace about buying that thing. I don't actually want to buy it. I feel so much more relief putting it back on the shelf and walking out the door. Mm-hmm. So just just paying attention to that and not being like, no, 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 I think I want it. I think I really want to buy it. And allowing that adrenaline to kind of move me towards the purchase. I've worked towards allowing it to move me away from the purchase and I've not been disappointed yet. Nice. What about for you, Jen? Well, my list is a little shorter. So I used, um, so when we were paying off debt, I definitely was triggered by the social media thing. We were newlyweds and a lot of our friends were newlyweds. And so, you know, I mean, if you've been around newlyweds, you know what happens. That two income household comes in and you get in new cars, you buy in a house, upgrading your wardrobe, taking a vacation. And so it felt like all of my friends were doing that during the two year span that we were paying off debt. And so I was either get off of face, like either I leave or you leave. And (laughs) I wasn't leaving because Facebook was all I had. Uh, So I had to unfollow quite a few friends that are good friends. They are still to this day my very good friends. I just didn't want to see what they were doing. I didn't want to know. Yeah, to be clear, unfollowing on social media is different from cutting someone right. off in real you life. You just don't, so. you no longer see those things in your newsfeed unless you intentionally go to that person's profile. And yeah. you can turn it off and follow them again, which I do. So, because, you know, I want them to see my vacation photos now. <laughs> no. <laughs> The life I've been able to have now that I'm debt free. Yeah. Um, But so I had to do that. I had no shame. And I still, I mean, tell people like, you can do that. That's an option. You can unfollow somebody. So if they follow you, they'll never know that you don't follow them. So that's a key thing that I've learned. And so now I don't use that method, but I... I'm really cognizant of uh, decision fatigue and helping my brain make the best decisions possible for as long as possible because I have realized I'm lazy, like straight up lazy. (laughs) You are the least lazy person on the planet. When it's things I don't care about, I'm super lazy. If it's something I care about, like I will work my fingers to the bone. I hurt my pointer (laughs) finger last week. Piping? um, No, clicking on the mouse, the clicking one. uh, It went numb last week. 
Jill. Jeez. Um, yeah. I will work my fingers to literally the because yeah, yeah, you I could no longer feel the tip of my finger. And so if I care about it, it's fine. But if it's not something that is, you know, aligned with my highest values, I am disgustingly lazy. Usually you, you can ask Travis. So I have to put as many systems in place to make, you know, decisions better. So one of the main things for me is avoiding physical clutter so that I can have more space for cognitive energy. Mm, That's a big thing for me. Clutter. I grew up in a clean home because my dad was a clean freak. And when he died, the house just kind of went to like clutter, hoarder, ruin. And so like I kind of have like PTSD from that. And that stresses me out. And so now I I realize that so my house is not always clean and uncluttered, but I have a, like fewer things in it so it doesn't get as messy and cluttered because I have a two-year-old it, like and, you know, cleaning is not my core value. So I just put those barriers into place and bring as few things into my house as possible so that that level of mess and clutter never gets to a level that stresses me out and makes me like unable to make wise decisions. Mm -hmm. I think this is probably the case for a lot of people. And definitely I'm not going to say everybody, but our physical space does bear weight on our mental capacities, emotional capacities, relational capacities. And so even keeping a pulse on how your environment is impacting you and then what steps can you make to be able to free up some of that because it is going to make a difference and it's going to impact all of these other areas. So you're definitely not alone in that. That is a really helpful insight, I think. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the end of my list. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one, though. You picked the good ones. Thank you. I just say I shop the perimeter of the grocery store. <laughs> I geek out on this, like, spending psychology. Like, not all of psychology yes. in general, but just spending psychology. I am a nerd. Yeah. I can research it and f- click my finger to the bone about it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We want to thank you for your kind reviews on iTunes and Stitcher like this one. It's from Sarah Sawchuck. Happens to be five stars. Says, my favorite podcast. Mm. Jen and Jill are the lovely, friendly, and knowledgeable hosts of this podcast about frugality and living an intentional life. They share great tips around saving money, investing, minimalism, and getting the most out of your life, but without being preachy or unrealistic. It is truly inspirational and has helped me rethink my approach in a number of areas. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah Saw Chuck. That's a really (laughs) beautiful review that you've left for us. I'm so glad to hear that this has been beneficial for you and that we're not preaching at you or offering unrealistic things. I definitely don't want to preach at anybody. Nobody, yeah, nobody here is trying to be a preacher. But we're glad that we've allowed you space to rethink traditional approaches. And that is really our goal. Uh, So we also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. When you share it, you 
get the word out to more people that you can rethink your approach to finances and there is space for freedom and not just guilt and shame in spending and money. So when you tag us on Facebook or Instagram, the latest episode, we are going to add you to our monthly drawing for every five tags and reviews we get every month. We are giving away a copy of the Frugal Friends Workbook. Of course, keep leaving us those reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and then send a screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com that will still get you entered into that drawing to win the Frugal Friends Workbook. And don't forget to tag us on social. Both will enter you into that drawing and you might win. Yeah. So we will see you next week. Stay strong out there, people. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. I can't get over you calling yourself lazy, and I would <laughs> love to know where you think that's accurate about yourself. I mean, I get that you work yourself to the bone and you see that, but what are you talking about? Because right now you, you've got the rubber liners of your food storage container soaking in bleach. Like if that's not <laughs> like going the extra mile, I don't know what is. I'm not physically sitting there soaking them in bleach. But I'm, you've done it. Like you've taken it. Like you've After they looked like they were growing mold, Jill. Okay, but like there was you mold did it. on them. A lot of people would just, a, a lazy person <laughs> like would say, who cares? I'd rather lay down. I would rather lay down. Yes. But but you still did it. I don't understand. How do you see that that descriptor word I just, matches okay. you in any way? So here's the thing. And this isn't, I can't give you a specific thing, but I do just want to put out there that I love to sit at home and watch TV. And <laughs> I am not like a constant go-getter. Like, I don't want to give people the wrong impression about me. I am an Enneagram 3, and I do love to achieve and find much of my self-worth, for better or for worse, in achieving. But I also do like to sit in my bed and watch TV more so than, like, read a book. Um, You and the rest of the world, I just literally. Yeah, I just want to, like, I, I don't want people to yeah, think that okay. I'm a Yeah, okay, but then you say that superhero. and and I think that what you actually mean is like one hour a week you have a show that you watch and it's like a treat to you. That is it like is typically the newest Marvel show. Oh, so yeah. The opposite of lazy. Like sometimes I like you're to give myself hot, a break chill. by watching a show. I don't like <laughs> if you're not going to give people the wrong impression, I'm going to give them the right impression. And it is that you're just a go-getter in every aspect of life. And that's that's okay. Everyone doesn't have to be that way. But I also don't want people to think like you're just sitting around watching TV because I've also been with you while you're watching TV. And you're also working. <laughs> you're also researching. You're also like posting things to the business social media. Like, let's, just, let's just be real here. And 
And if it's not that, you're like taking care of your son while you're watching TV or like who, who knows. Yeah. Just, let's just be realistic, Jen. Lazy cannot be a word okay. to describe you. Um, my brain sometimes gets lazy when it's tired. And sometimes I get takeout. And that is okay. It's okay to have a lazy brain is really what I was trying to say. Okay. Well, we're all human. You're human. Yep. I'm human. Everyone listening to this is human. And, you know, I think we should just all avoid the word lazy. I don't think it does any of us any good. It's unanimous. We avoid that word. And (laughs) we just find psychological techniques to better our brains. And we give our brains grace. Amen. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.